Hello. Happy Masterful Living. So happy to join with you this beautiful day. It's a beautiful day because we live in the all good of God's neighborhood. So it's a beautiful day wherever we are, no matter what the weather is, no matter what's going on. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) little Mr. Rogers action there. (laughs) So, let's tune in. Let's tune up together. I invite you to tune within as we open our hearts and minds to the infinite. We call upon all that is holy, the company of heaven, the Shambhala Brotherhood, the Brotherhood of Light, White Brotherhood, Christ Consciousness Mentors, the Karmic Board, beloved archangels, ascended masters, Ancestors surrounding us and enfolding us right now, we open our hearts and minds to make a holy offering. We partner up with our higher Holy Spirit self, the true identity, the I am, that I am. And we call the name of God, beloved I am, that I am. We allow ourselves to step into the flow of the all good in our awareness. Making a holy offering of all blocks to love. Harvesting the learning from all of our experiences. Recognizing the truth that sets us free. Breathing in. Breathing out, deep love, deep gratitude. We're willing to be our true selves, willing to walk on the earth as ascended masters, as the awakened ones that we truly are. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves right now and claim our awakening, our ascension. We're willing to love our journey just as it is and to give thanks for it just as it is. We're willing to hear the voice of God reverberating throughout the universe. We're willing to recognize that there is one mind. It's like a river of divine intelligence flowing through our awareness. We share this one mind with each other. 
who among us is interested in contaminating the one mind with thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, separation, guilt, blame, shame, jealousy, regret, resentment, hurt, fear, doubt, worry, thoughts of revenge, We place them all on the altar. We don't need them anymore. Our fascination with them has come to an end, a holy end. And so it's from this space of offering and willingness that we join in the prayer for self-love and for ascension from Patricia Cotter, from Aurelia Louise Jones. From the Lord God of my being, I am that I am. I decree I have love for my journey into my ascension. I have compassion for all physical and emotional pain. I still need to heal. I give thanks that I am now healing the past and resurrecting the new. As a master of divine expression walking the earth, I now turn on the light of my divinity. I now activate and transform my DNA to its fifth dimensional potential. I now choose to completely heal and rejuvenate my physical body. I choose to remain happy, harmonious, and grateful. I claim the mastery that is mine to manifest my freedom. I allow my divinity to manifest in a most wondrous way. I give thanks that it is done according to God's holy will. I call for shafts of ascension light to blaze through me daily and hourly. I call for shafts of ascension light to blaze through Mother Earth and all her many kingdoms, all the many beings of the earth, including the elementals, every electron of life. Blaze, blaze, blaze the ascension flame through every part of it. I am is the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the 
I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. I am the resurrection and the life of the perfection of every electron of life now made manifest and sustained by holy grace. And so be it, beloved, I am. So we're willing to purify our minds, our intentions, our choices, our desires. Aurelia's prayer for purity. In the name of my beloved victorious God presence, I am. I affirm that I am worthy of thy purity. I call for a great cosmic shaft of cosmic purity flame to remove from my mind, my thoughts, my feelings, and my body every vibration of human creation that is impure in substance that is less than the my perfection in God. Replace it all with the fullness of the mind of Christ. Replace it all with the fullness of the mind of Christ. Replace it all with the fullness of the mind of Christ. Manifest within me the power of the resurrection and the ascension flames so that by the power of purity's ray I might be free from all discord I've ever created and all discord that has ever been directed against me and the light for which I stand. I am purity in action. I am God's purity established within my soul, my mind, and my body. I am purity in action. I am God's purity established within my soul, my mind, and my body. I am purity in action. I am God's purity established within my soul, my mind, and my body. Let me also invoke purity for every part of life on earth, for my family, my friends, the whole family of God, all kingdoms, and the earth mother. And so it is, beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am. So breathing deeply, opening our awareness, we are willing to see ourselves as we truly are, light beings, 
already pure, already holy. Clear, crystalline light beings. And in this lifetime, we've chosen to wear certain thought patterns, vibrational patterns, belief systems, is a result of choices we made in the past and for the good of all humanity we are healing these patterns these belief systems these identifications that are so false so completely not who we are so in taking responsibility for having chosen these patterns that they weren't inflicted upon us. We chose them. We're opening ourselves to see the patterns with greater clarity than ever before. I invite you to consider some of the most distressing, painful patterns of thought and belief that you've experienced in this lifetime to bring them into your awareness now. The patterns of thought and belief and experience repeating over and over again that are most painful, bring them into the awareness now for the purpose of healing, for the purpose of sharing the benefits with everyone. Let's open our minds to understand the benefit. Why would we have chosen this pattern? Why would we choose it? We're willing to understand. We're willing to see the benefit. We're willing to see the gift in the negative pattern. What is the gift? What is the holy offering that we're bringing and sharing with all humanity? We're willing to 
look at the most painful aspects of our personality experience. And discover the wonders and the benefits and the gifts of choosing those precise manifestations of our personality. We're willing to receive the gift and share the gift. Awareness is curative. Awareness is healing. We're opening our awareness to see the gift in our most painful beliefs, experiences, identifications. So grateful. So grateful. In grace and gratitude, We're allowing our healing to come into our awareness. We're allowing ourselves to accept and to receive the gift, to share the gift, to let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So I'm going to invite you to take a couple of minutes here and make some notes. While you're doing that, I'll share one of my best friends had a painfully unloving mother. It was really challenging for her. And the appearances that it led to her not loving herself And what I've witnessed is that she is perhaps the best mother I know. Certainly one of the very best mothers that I know of, mother and grandmother. Profoundly loving, compassionate, understanding, accepting, acknowledging, In the last years of my mother's life, I told my mother that my friend Lori was my surrogate mother. And I had a mother in California. When she was close to her transition, she said, you have to tell Lori that she's going to take over now. And Lori is my friend. She's not my mother, but one of the most beautiful things that we get to do as we grow up and become adults is we can look to other adults, friends, who have the ability to be great mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers to us, to claim them as our spiritual mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters in human form. 
so that we can receive and allow that nurturing and that nourishment that perhaps our own family members are not able to share with us. It's very common for people to look to relatives or spouses, children, for things that really aren't, uh, their loved ones aren't able to give them, but their friends can't. That's part of the beauty of masterful living is we look to each other to receive compassion, understanding, acceptance, and to be able to give it, to practice it. A spiritual family, prayer partners. And help with looking at these patterns that we've chosen. Because in my experience, the vast majority of healing comes from relinquishing the pattern. It looks like the pattern has a hold on us. But it's really, it's more like, imagine that you are holding something in your hand that you are hurting yourself with. Imagine a child holding something in their hand that they were hurting themselves with. And complaining, this hurts me, this hurts me, this hurts me. I'm suffering so much from the pain of this thing that hurts me. Not realizing that, oh, we can let it go. They can let it go. They don't have to hold it. And it can be transformed. There are so many stories in life of how... The thing that is the wound, the thing that is the curse, the thing that is the suffering is transformed to be used for the benefit of all. I'm thinking of Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, her feeling lost and wanting to go home, and that journey becomes for the benefit of all. All are now free of the wicked witch. And so that's our journey to assist humanity in all being free of the wicked witch, the ego, the wicked ego. So being able to look at these patterns and say, oh, I have this pattern, is truly helpful. So I'm going to unmute everyone in just a moment. hope you'll have some willingness to share the patterns that you're experiencing. I, I uh, 
I'm going to share from Lesson 253 in A Course in Miracles Workbook. I, I love the the title of this. Myself, capital S, is ruler of the universe. Myself, so that's my higher self, is ruler of the universe. It is impossible that anything should come to me unbidden by myself. Even in this world, it is I who rule my destiny. What happens is what I desire. What does not occur is what I do not want to happen. This must I accept, for thus I, for thus am I led past this world to my creations, children of my will, in heaven, where my holy self abides, with them and him who has created me. You are the self whom you created, son, creating like yourself and one with you. Myself, which rules the universe, is but your will in perfect union with my own, which can but offer glad assent to yours, that it may be extended to itself. So the last part is in italics and is meant to be the voice of God speaking to us. So, But it begins with, it is impossible that anything should come to me unbidden by myself. Even in this world, it is I who rule my destiny. What happens is what I desire. What does not occur is what I do not want to happen. This I must accept. So, the patterns of our personality, which we see made manifest in so many ways, and we can say, it's so popular to say, I think this way because of my parents. I think this way because of my family. I think this way because of my culture. Is that actually true? Is that actually true? Now all minds are joined. And we are definitely influenced by all the thoughts that are being thunk. Of that, there is no question. But we also have dominion. And so we must choose the thoughts that we think. So this is why it says, It is impossible that anything should come to me unbidden by myself. This is why we take responsibility for everything. This is the leap. And to realize with great gratitude, this is why we read the Sons of God, with great gratitude for all that we've experienced, knowing that there is a blessing in it. And we're at that place in our journey where we are willing to receive our blessings at last. At last, at last, at last. So I'm going to unmute everyone here. And here we go. 
everyone is now unmuted. All right. So. Hi, this is Barbara. Hey, Barbara. Hi. Um, Well, of course, mine right now seems to be playing small. Mhm. And um I'm not sure why I chose this pattern. Um uh, what I know is that along with it comes, you know, not standing up, not standing up for myself, not standing up, not standing for anything. Mhm. Um and not feeling um important enough or smart enough. Uh, I never felt smart enough. I always had to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. You know, I I can't get it. I don't get it. And um, just never really lived my life, a full life, just full out. I just realized that just, you know, recently. Um and just um, a fear of being seen, not feeling worthy, fear of being judged. And uh, for some reason, you know, I, I've held on to those. Two things have been too fearful to let them go. They, so, you know, they served some purpose for me um, that I held on to that, you know, all those things for so long. Um, but I think... Um, you know, I'm I'm ready to. I mean, it's a little scary, but I'm ready to find out what you know. Just living uh, aligned with all of these restrictions is like. Yes. So. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's the best news I've heard in a long time. Thank you. All right, so I'd like to ask a couple questions here of the whole group. And uh, I know many of you are self-muted, so I'd like you to be able to answer. You can answer in unison. That's fine. So I'm going to invite people to unmute. Uh If any of you have recognized that playing small is a serious issue, please just say, I feel that too. I feel that too. I feel that too. Okay. Has anybody been feeling and struggling with a pattern of feeling unworthy? If you have, please say, I feel that too. I feel feel that too. If anybody has been struggling with a pattern of self-abuse in any way, shape, or form, please say, I feel that, too. I feel that, too. So, Barbara, everything that you mentioned, we all feel. I feel that, too. 
This is why I'm compelled to share. Because it was crushing me. It was crushing me. I was in such agony. And desperate, feeling desperate. How will this ever end? How will I ever climb out of this barrel of vicious monkeys? Mm-hmm. Clawing at me, biting at me, shitting on me. Seriously. How will I get out of this, my own mind? The mental torture that I inflict upon myself every day. How will I ever do that? And what I learned was, truly, honestly, the willingness to surrender the judgment. To know, to interrupt the pattern of energizing them. That was my way out. My willingness to be humble and really say... I'm not better than anyone, and I'm not worse than anyone. I'm one with them. Mm-hmm. And to commit to it and to start to give thanks for all the good in my life. I loved what you shared in the community call about the awareness that you had had an arrogance about your health. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. (laughs) There it was. Yeah. Yeah, even the most spiritual people have arrogance about all kinds of things. I I once had a friendship with a spiritual teacher who was a tall man. And he had a definite feeling of superiority because he was tall, because he was fit. And he was absolutely convinced that it was because he was a better person. He he didn't understand how completely contrary that was to the teaching of oneness that he was teaching. Yeah. But only those who feel less than strive to have anything about themselves mm-hmm. that they feel better than. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is most people are bouncing back and forth. I'm better than, I'm less than, I'm better than, I'm less than. Mm-hmm. I'm so great, I'm so horrible, I'm so great, I'm so horrible. And then when we go down the spiritual road, I'm getting better. Uh, Nothing's happening. I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to transcend this pattern. It all comes up for healing. I'd like to share with you, Barbara, and with everyone in this group, I can bear witness, we can all bear witness to watching each and every member of this spiritual family transcending limiting thoughts, opening their mind, 
shifting mm -hmm. situations and circumstances and healing. And still the patterns of less than and not enough seem very thick. The important thing for us to remember in this journey of healing, and this is what, this is why I have us read the books that we do, is to be constantly reminded in different ways that mm. truly there is no order of difficulty. So yes, these patterns are ones that we have chosen specifically so that we have the joy of transcending them, transmuting them by the power of divine alchemy. Now, what you can do is you be can begin to step into, you truly can step into the gratitude that it's already done and walk in that energy. I'm so grateful that it's already done. I'm so grateful that I'm accepting my healing now. I'm so grateful that only God is real. These patterns are not real. They were not made to last and they cannot stand. They cannot stand the power of God's love in me. I'm so grateful that this is so. I'm so grateful. I'm willing to accept my healing now. And I don't have to wait. And no one else does either. I'm so grateful that I can walk in the awareness that healing is instantaneous and immediate and does not take time. Thank you, God, that I can walk in that awareness now. And I do not have to wait until I have jumped through some hoops to qualify. Thank you, God. I remember I took a class once uh, with some uh, women who were teaching about feminine power. And there came a point in the class, we had a very small class, they were developing their work uh, about feminine power. And uh, their approach with all of us was, let's look for the ways in which you're broken and need to be fixed. And after a little while down this road, I finally just, in class, I burst out. And I said, I am not broken. I will not allow you to speak to me as though I am broken and need to be fixed. That is not the truth of me. That's an appearance. And I will not allow you to energize it as though it were real. I love you all, but I, I can't tolerate this. That's insanity. It's against everything that I believe. And everyone in the room, all the students in the room, they went, yeah, what are we doing this for? This is crazy. And that was our last class. <laughs> I didn't mean to break up the whole class, but the teachers were pretty committed to their approach. So there was nowhere for us to go. So we're breaking up the, the concretized thought, the belief that there's something wrong with us that needs to be fixed. 
So in truth, Barbara, in truth, like really, 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 what about you needs to be fixed? <laughs> Nothing. Now, but sometimes you feel like there is, right? Yeah, I have felt that way. Yes, mm-hmm. I have felt that way too. I have felt like the scum of the earth. Mhm. I have felt that I did not deserve to live. Mhm. I have felt as though I deserve to be punished throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that I was so despicable and unlovable that hell was the only fit place for me. Yeah. I have felt that. Yeah. I have believed it to be true. Yeah. And when I believed it to be true, I was in that hell. Yeah. That's why I have us read testimony of light mm-hmm. when she visits that artist who does not understand there are all these colors available he does not believe it mm-hmm. so the thoughts that you've been thinking about your playing small you've had the realization you've been playing small now one one thing that can happen when people have a realization they've been playing small is the realization that they don't have to do that anymore. That that period of their life is now over. It's optional. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another way to go to start punishing ourselves for having played small. Like, how stupid yeah. was that? How bad was that? Yeah. How wrong was that? Well, that one I'm not doing, I'm grateful to say. Good, good. You know, one thing I uh, just flashed on, um, I remember, um, oh, I may have been in my 20s or early 30s, and I made a vision board. And um, I, I kept it for a while. Um and I remember two things on the vision board, and that was this young woman who was so spry and sprightly and moving with ease and grace and joy and just making her way across life and uh, and a Corvette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just flashed on that, and I said, well, you know, I can still, I can go rent a car bed for a day or a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So where are you with it now, Barbara? Well, right now, I um, I'm wanting to 
know what to do next. Just well, well, what I well the first thing that I I'm going to do. I didn't do it this morning because I had some other issues come up that I that I couldn't that I that caused me not to do it. And that was to go out. You know, just to go out because I haven't wanted to go out. You know, with all of this stuff, this breathing thing that I have to carry with me. Um, and so um, today uh, I had planned to, this morning I had planned to uh, to do that. But otherwise, I don't really have any particular plan except just uh, to do one thing that I'd like to do is the things that I do have to do, like, you know, making doctor's appointments and that, make them without fear. Um, and, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not coming from that place. That, that's my uh, desire. And uh, to just move right now in a different way, keep walking a different way. Talk in a different way. So that's as far as I've got. That's pretty far. <laughs> Who else would like to share? This is Kazi. Hey, Kazi. Hey. Um, it kind of goes along with what Barbara was feeling, is that the pattern I've really been noticing, which is chronic, um, is that uh, there, what that I don't matter in my family, that there's no room for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it keeps manifesting like that. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I really have been recognizing lately that, you know, I'm really tired of this, and i got to change the way I'm thinking. So I've um, I had been listening to uh, the prayer courses you know you did this year on Masterful Living One, mm-hmm. and I don't know I mean I've been in this three years and somehow this year it really went in how you broke it down into the well you changed the word to God and um, you went from three to four and mm-hmm. then you did an easy prayer and it's like I've been doing prayers you know but it's like that really hit home and so I was like okay I've got to change these thoughts. And we're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to look at the, each of these relationships, and we're just going to pray about it. We're going to work on the invisible. And it's really shifted. I mean, I'm still going to keep doing it, but so, like, it's like, I'm not going to have that thought anymore. I do matter in this family. And what I say, everyone is interested in hearing. I mean, like, why am I energizing this other stuff that I don't want? Indeed. And, and it's a constant yeah. thing because I mean the other I mean I have to always catch myself. The alarm clock is going off a lot, but I just keep every time I remember it, I change it. I interrupt it as soon as I can. Exactly. Myself is the ruler of the universe. It is impossible that anything should come to me unbidden by myself. Even in this world, it is I who rule my destiny. What happens is what I desire. What does not occur is what I do not want to happen. So those who judge, attack, or have in the past feel unworthy of love. 
we choose to glorify the things of this world and have false idols, we feel unworthy of God's love. So we sacrifice. Oh, I'm no longer worthy of God's love. So then we create a family situation, circumstances that are the outpicturing of the unworthiness. And then we sit around and say, they're never going to love me. They're never going to understand me. They're never going to get me. They're never going to over and over and over again. And also, for me, that's how I realized that the two words, always and never. It's really the four words, always, or five words, always, never, want, need, and should. Those are all big trigger ego words. Yeah. Yeah. And I I totally changed that stuff in my family, so I know you can do it, Kazi. Yep. I and I feel like I can. I was like, "Oh. Just one time, one one thought at a time." <laughs> exactly. I'd like to read from Chapter 4, Section 4, which is called, in A Course in Miracles, it's called This Need Not Be. And the Chapter 4 is entitled The Illusions of the Ego. And in Paragraph 2, Jesus says, I've said that you cannot change your mind by changing your behavior. But I have also said, and many times, that you can change your mind. When your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, the divine alarm clock's going off, and this is so. So when your mood tells you that you have chosen wrongly, and this is so, whenever you are not joyous, then know this need not be. In every case, you have thought wrongly about some brother God created and are perceiving images your ego makes in a darkened glass. Think honestly what you have thought that God would not have thought and what you have not thought that God would have you think. Search sincerely for what you have done and left undone accordingly and then change your mind to think with God's. This may seem hard to do, but it is much easier than trying to think against it. Your mind is one with God's. Denying this and thinking otherwise has held your ego together, but has literally split your mind. As a loving brother, I am deeply concerned with your mind and urge you to follow my example as you look at yourself and at your brother and see in both the glorious creations of a and see in both the glorious creations of a glorious father. Now, paragraph 3. When you are sad, know this need not be. Depression comes from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. Remember that you are deprived of nothing except by your own decisions and then decide otherwise. When you are anxious, realize that anxiety comes from the capriciousness of the ego and know this 
need not be. You can be as vigilant against the ego's dictates as for them. When you feel guilty, remember that your ego has indeed violated the laws of God, but you have not. Leave the sins of the ego to me. That is what atonement is for. But until you change your mind about those whom your ego has hurt, the atonement cannot release you. While you feel guilty, your ego is in command because only the ego can experience guilt. This need not be. Watching your mind for the temptations of the ego, watch your mind for the temptations of the ego and do not be deceived by it. It offers you nothing. When you have given up this voluntary dis Spiriting, you will see how your mind can focus and rise above fatigue and heal. So when you feel the divine alarm clock going up, off and the upset happening, this need not be. This need not be. It is I who rule my destiny. What happens is what I desire. What does not occur is what I do not wish to happen. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing how much our life changes when we can look at the most upsetting things in our life and say, this must be what I desire. Mm -hmm. How could that be? The upset does not need to happen. There's a gift in this for me. Uh, Emily, uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was a teacher of teachers, including Ernest Holmes, who founded Science of Mind, including she was the teacher of uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who founded Unity. She had a saying where she would say, when you feel something is working against you, look at it and in your mind say, you are of God and I demand my blessing from you. You are of God and I demand my blessing from you. Bless me now, sometimes I'll say. To the negative thought? Well, not to the, not to the negative I thought. To I the, didn't get that. Yeah, to the experience. Yeah, so like, let's say somebody shows up and is uh, seeming to treat you poorly. In your mind, say, you are of God and I demand my blessing from you. Everything is just as I wish it to be. Everything is perfectly designed and ordered for my healing. I'm willing to accept that now. I'm willing to receive the gift. I'm willing to receive my blessing. But sometimes when things are upsetting... Or so it seems. We're upset by the circumstances. We're upset by what's happening. When it seems that that is true, sometimes it can be so helpful to take that energy. I was talking about this in uh, your one class last night. It can be so helpful to take that energy and transform it by making forceful affirmations. I demand my blessing. It's really, I'm willing to receive it. 
I demand of myself to receive the blessing that's in this and not reject it, thinking it shouldn't be happening to me. Or even wishing that it weren't happening to me. I mean, this is deep. This is deep. You know, a lot of people are willing to study esoteric, mystical teachings, but they're not willing to do this. Mm-hmm. But this so is Jennifer, where the healing is. So when you don't really, when you uh, say I wake up in the morning uh, not feeling, yeah, you know, just not feeling great, do I, but I don't know why. I can't catch um, the reason for it, or the, you know, the cause of not feeling so good. So can I say that? I demand my blessing. I demand Sure. Use that kind of affirmation to, do I have to know what it is exactly that is causing me not to feel so great? Well, here's the thing. There's only one thing that's ever going to cause you not to feel so great. Yeah. So you already know what the cause is. Mm-hmm. Now, the ego wants to identify it in some f- thing that's happening in the world of form. Yeah. And that's that's like the Wizard of Oz saying yeah. don't look behind the curtain. You know, the 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 ego is saying the cause is in the world. Mm-hmm. Causes don't look in your mind. The cause is in the world. But there's only one one problem. And every manifestation of discord of any shape, size, form, experience is just a manifestation of that one belief in separation. So for me, it's that waking up and saying, my mind is the mind of God. I am very holy. Yeah. Mm. I choose to live as the Christ today. I welcome the Christ in my heart and my mind today. I'm willing to be my true self today. Anybody else like to share? Hi, it's Allison. Hey, Allison. Hey. Um, I, you know, I've been doing the lessons um, in the workbook, and I know that it's helped me tremendously stay focused on thoughts that I want to think versus thoughts that come up that I'm no longer interested in. What I um, am allowing to occur is... I still allow other people, which there's a lot of, um, my mind's a little jumbled in in contradictions of the course. You know, it's like riding the two horses. You you can't ride them both. However, I still allow others to affect the way I feel about myself. I allow people to hurt my feelings, which then 
makes me go back to, oh, you're un- the the thoughts that I no longer wish to have. Mm-hmm. That's been um, that's just been something that I've noticed mm-hmm. lately. Mm-hmm. So when you allow others to hurt your feelings, how does that actually happen? Like without telling a story, what 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 did someone say or do that your feelings got hurt? Well, I'm sure it's at the level of my own mind. I mean, I, I would imagine that I I listen to. Um, I mean, it's it's myself that I'm hurting. Yeah, but but it, it sometimes it helps to give a practical example, then everybody can recognize themselves in it. Oh. Okay, so well, example would be um, I went out on a date the other night, and I was not asked out on a second date, mm-hmm. and I felt very rejected. I felt very hurt. I felt like I'm in all the the um, feelings of unworthiness came up for me. Okay. Yes. Understandable. So, a couple of things. In as you well know, in our classes, we are training our minds to recognize that when these patterns come up and they're in our face, it's for our benefit. It's answered prayer. Mm-hmm. Because, in truth, would you like to be in a relationship with someone who has the power to hurt your feelings? No. Why? That's not what I'm looking for. That's not something I'm interested in, um, to be in in a relationship where there's, malice or hurt or to be with a partner that is like that or that I give that permission to. Yeah. And would you like to be in a partnership with someone who says to you, you know, I thought you were going to cook dinner for me this weekend and you didn't and that hurt my feelings. Well, I don't, you know, that's a good, that particular question is a good question for for me to help need some help with. No, I really wouldn't want that. But is that something? There lies in what I consider to be a, a struggle with. Is that a boundary or is that being too sensitive? Is that's a very good? I know that sounds like a you know simple question, but for me, it's a little bit difficult to answer. I mean, should I have cooked dinner? If I said I would, then I guess I should have. What if you didn't say you were going to cook dinner? Well, then. Yeah. Well, did this man who asked you, who you went on a date with, did he let you know up front that he was going to ask you on a second date? No. And change his mind? No, no, no. No, and I'm not even so. 
the thing of it is, is just what you said, would I want to be in a relationship with someone that has the, you know, that is going to hurt me? Absolutely not. And But who can hurt second. you, Allison, without your permission? Who can hurt you? Well, nobody. That's just it. However, that's what I allow to happen. And that's what I have. Um, yes, yeah, it's the meaning that you in. make of it. It's the meaning that you make of it. That right. if, if you were good and beautiful and sexy and lovely and charming, he would have asked you on another date. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing that I am allowing myself to still um, be affected by, even though intellectually I know better. Right. So it's like in what I was saying in Chapter 4, Section 4, this need not be, Paragraph 3. When you are sad, no, this not need not be. Depression comes from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. Remember that you are deprived of nothing except by your own decisions and that you have the power to decide otherwise. So it's, it's really the same application that... Uh, if you're giving away your spiritual sovereignty to other people, then, of course, you're going to feel upset a lot of the time. But it's not because what anybody else is doing. It's because of what you're doing. And you already know that. I know you know that. I know that's why you're bringing this up. How do you reclaim your spiritual sovereignty? And it's through self-love. It's through the recognition of who you truly are that you are completely and totally lovable regardless of what you do or how you look or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I, I, I totally am, I believe that 100%. It, it's, it's just the, um, it's the continuing of the practice and I believe with all my heart that the shift will occur. With the continuation of it is occurring this way, it, it is, is occurring. You're right. It's, it's not yes. in the future. It's happening now. <laughs> it is. And so today, it's about loving yourself. And one of the ways you're loving yourself today is you're talking about this. You're not afraid yeah. to not talk about it. You're willing to talk about it. You're willing to be transparent and authentic. <laughs> you know, that's a sign of love, self-love. Jennifer, is there time for me to chime in at this point? Yes. I just finished that round in making the worst Valentine's Day into the best. Ah, wonderful. From a bummer to a beamer. <laughs> Truly. The way, because what I, how I expected to be rewarded for all my unconditional love did not happen. And I realized that I had personified this individual as my quotient of lovability. Ah. That initially, yes, I loved unconditionally. And somewhere along the way, I got on the wrong side of the road. Hmm. And then when I got to the end of it, because it was disappointment grande, I went inside. And Alice and I found what I was looking for 
this affirmation of my lovability, this validation, by loving God in my heart. I stretched out my hand and I said, I love you. I trust you. Thank you. And what I received back was amplified feeling that has lasted and continues to last. And I said, I'm holding on to this. This is not just me loving my heart, my spirit, in my heart. What I'm feeling is my spirit amplified coming back to me. And there it was. I was lovable because my spirit is lovable Mm. and held me and I held on to my spirit. And all the grievance I held against this individual vanished. We find what we're looking for when we initially look for it outside. We find it by standing, sitting in our own hearts and loving God in our hearts. Trusting God in our hearts, loving God in our hearts, and thanking God for being there in our hearts. And this arose out of sheer pain as I was suffering mm-hmm. for, for real. Mm-hmm. And for once, I didn't go to the fridge, I didn't go to the TV, I didn't go someplace else. And I gave up the situation, the whole freaking thing. And I said, okay, I don't care about the outcome. It's yours. And that was hard for me to do because I love to control. Mm. But letting go of the whole kit and caboodle. And when the thought came back to me, I said, nope, it's yours. I've let it go. And after a few times, then I sat down and I connected with God in my heart, with my holy self, with my spirit self. Mm. And I heard back, and so will you. And you'll know. Because the sweetness that you will feel will be unmistakable. And if you like, I can help you take help take you there. Because it's so fresh in my mind. There's nothing that would make me happier than to share it. And I know that I remembered back 45 years ago and I had cried the day before when I wanted something from the man with whom I was and he finally bought me a watch. It was a beautiful watch. And 10 years later, I gave it away. Gold watch with diamonds because I knew that I had asked for it, it had not been given to me in love. And I felt ashamed. And I cried desperately at night. Have I learned freaking nothing 
in 45 years because here I am again at the same juncture. I want something from you. I want you to give me something to show me how much you love me. Mm. Same, same effing place. That's really great, Bojan. I mean, I identified, and it's not even just in a romantic situation. My whole life, I feel that's the pattern that I am, um, that is being healed, is that looking for validation from somebody or something. You'll find it in your heart. All of it. Nothing will be missing. Nothing will be missing. There's, there's absolutely nothing I want or need from this individual right now. It has all dissolved. Whatever happens will happen. The future is given to God. Thank you, Bojana. <clears throat> I want to ask everyone here uh anybody else relate to feeling that they're trying to get validation from others that they need others approval and validation if you feel that or have felt that worked with that pattern and felt desperate and crushed by it in any way, shape, or form, if you've had that feeling, please say, I've felt that too. I can't felt that too. Yeah, I felt that too. These are the patterns that we are committed to transforming. This is the purpose of our incarnation, is to heal these patterns so that all we're expressing is our perfection and the beauty and the love and the joy and the wisdom and the clarity and the wholeness and the harmony that is our true nature. And we're deeply committed to it. We're deeply committed to it. That's why we gather together. And so when it comes up, it is not because you've done something wrong. It's because your answered prayer has arrived. So look what Bojena took the bummer to a beamer or the bummer to a hummer, you know. And uh, it's that's what we can do. That's what we can do. It takes only our willingness. And sometimes it seems like it takes a Herculean amount of willingness. But you might remember that uh, Hercules is one of the Elohim who can help us. So you can call upon Hercules when it feels like a mighty weight. Hercules is with the uh, blue flame of divine will. So, And that's what we're doing. We're aligning with divine will by purifying uh, ourselves of having attachments to these patterns. And I hope somebody's going to ask a question. 
um, uh, my hope is that the work with the Enneagrams, we're going to close out here, the work with the Enneagrams will assist you in this, as it has assisted me in recognizing, oh, I chose this personality, I chose these patterns for a reason. They're, it's not because I'm depraved or bad or wrong or anything. I don't need to identify with the choices that I've made in the past that have resulted in these patterns. Let me identify with transcendence, with transformation, with the pure light of love that I truly am, and to shine a light so bright through these patterns that anyone who has these patterns will have a healing as well. So these patterns obscure the light of our being, but we can shine the light of our being to transform them. And we really can give the heavy lifting to the I am that I am. So... Um, I'll just remind you, as I know some of you have got your books, some of you are ordering books, the Enneagram book. In the synopses of the nine types of the personality, it's all about the negative. And the reason is, is because it's easier to, uh, to see ourselves oftentimes in the negative. And... Again, the ego will go, uh, I don't wish to uh, see myself as being a personality type. I'm too individual. I'm too unique. And uh, there can be a real resistance to look at this. I understand that. I'm not forcing anyone to look at it. And I will just also once again share my experience of uh, having discovered my type uh, I went online and I took a quiz uh, and it told me that I was definitely a two, absolutely a two, two being the giver. And uh, I'm not a two. I'm definitely not a two. My personality is not a two. My profession is a two. So... Uh, that's why I think taking quizzes, not the way to go. It's reading the descriptions of the personality types that you can identify yourself. And remember, uh, the teaching with the Enneagrams is really you cannot type another person. They must type themselves. Now, you can guess at it and you can say, oh, I think this person is this or that. And I gave the example of... I asked my mom to read the synopsis of the nine types and to tell me what she thought she was. And she said, after she read them, she said, before I tell you what I think I am, what do you think I am? I said, well, I think you're a five. And she just said, you know your mother. Which she was like, yeah, that's the one I would pick for me. And like I said, that was so helpful to me because I realized that all the parts of my mother's personality that made me want to scream and yell and throw up were there in the five personality. So I picked a five personality to have as my mother to help me, and I'm an eight. 
and when I when and eight when they are feeling threatened, they go to five. So when I realized that, I had a way in to understand my mother, because I realized, oh, when I'm afraid, I behave like an unhappy five. And so then I was able to relate to my mother when she acted like an unhappy five. So this work was very helpful to me in recognizing that this world is symbolic. These patterns, these personalities, they're symbolic. We've chosen them for a reason. It's not random. And it's not because there's something wrong with us. There's a gift in it all. So more to come. We'll be talking more about the Enneagrams uh, in March. And um, I encourage you to work with your prayer partners uh, on them. Helen Palmer has another book, uh, which I'm just reading now. It's called Enneagram, Understanding Yourself and the Others in Your Life. And um, it's complimentary and helpful. And um, you might find, if you really are into this work, you can take classes and seminars. There's quite a bit of it uh, if you're interested in it. So for the most part, I found that what I learned in uh, this, the Enneagram and Love at Work and Work um, was more than enough for me. But it's been helpful to me. It's been very helpful to me. So any final thoughts or questions? All right. Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Let's open our hearts and open our minds once again to recognize that we're already holy. We're already as holy as holy can be. That our nature is pure love. And that... Even in this world, it is I who rule my destiny. What happens is what I desire. What does not occur is what I do not want to happen. So we're willing to accept this. We're willing to accept that this system works for our good. And we're grateful and thankful to accept the gifts that are ours to receive and to share them and the benefits of our healing and expansion and awakening with everyone because we're one with them. In grace, in gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll be with you next week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.